good? All right. I expected tired, but that's just me. Anyways, my name is my name is Elizabeth Highlander. Good morning to you. I was one of the youth who went on the mission trip with all these lovely, lovely people and a few others. And there, there were a lot of interesting events that happened, some good, some bad. I will not be telling you about the bad ones because Patrick would have my head. But <laughs> the good ones I shall tell you about. Um, we were split off into two groups. Nobody told you that. But at the first house, we split, split up because nobody needs 20-something people hanging doors. So we split off into two groups. One group, Nick's group, he talked about that a little bit. Um, they went to go do sheetrocking. They did a lot of sheetrocking. I can't tell you about that. I wasn't in that group. Ask someone else. Anyways, I was in the first group. We hung doors for the first house. I can't tell you much about it. I mean, I didn't really connect with anyone. They trusted me with the saw. That was fun. Not for everyone, obviously. Never trust me with the saw, people. It's bad. Anyways, first house I can't tell much about. Second house, there were two people living there, a woman and her daughter. It was all right. Um, the place um, smelled of cigarettes. They had a smoking habit. Um, they had some bad experiences with volunteers. See, what happened with these volunteers is these volunteers came in. They planned, I don't know what they planned. They didn't do very much planning. But they came in, they went to the kitchen, they wrecked the place, then they left. 100% volunteer work, great job, guys. And so we came in. Um, Pat split us off, and he had some of us do cabinet work inside, strategically using it so they would still have access to their appliances if we did not have time to finish. And the rest of us worked outside. I can't tell you much about that either. I got sick. I stayed in the van with the AC on because I'm not heat resistant. And so, yeah, I can't tell you much about that. I know Nathan stepped in dog poop. Nathan also managed to up, um, what you call it, when you like shovel and then there's like a pile of fire ants right there. I don't know, hell, maybe. Was that a bad thing to say? Probably, heck, okay. But yeah, he found fire ants and dog poop in the same day, that was fun. I can't tell you much about that. The, herd, the third house was my favorite, though. Maxine was our coordinator, and she organized all these projects for us. And she was great. She was a little black woman, and she was so smart and so nice. And to provide us water, we went to her house, and she also had cabinets to work on. So Pat, again, split us off. Um, he sent part of us to work on her garage. She wanted a place to park her car and to organize her stuff. She had her work stuff, like sheetrock, shovels, all that good work stuff. And she also had some personal items, but she wanted a place to park her car. And so we're starting to clean out. And I see some civil rights posters, like something you would see in a history classroom, you know, those kind of posters. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe she was a history teacher. So I go in, go inside to get some air. And I see these paintings of black children and black people and these pictures. And I think, oh, I think she was a history teacher, probably. And so I ask her, were you a history teacher? And she says, oh, God, no, I'm terrible at history. She was actually a substitute for math and science. But she also worked the civil rights posters thing. She works at the... NAACP, National Association of Advancement for Colored People. And let me, I have my script here on my phone that accidentally shut off while I was reading. But, but those 
What it means is that the NAACP, their goal, what they say on their website, is that the NAACP secures the political, educational, social, and economic rights in order to eliminate race-based discrimination and ensure the health of all people. I met an activist that day. It's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. I don't know. Anyways, um, I'm going to share with you a scripture. I was required to have a scripture if I wanted to preach or talk about anything because apparently we all need a little bit of Jesus in our lives. But it's my personal favorite. It's 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. God, Timothy, whoever, whatever his name is, prophet, guy, I don't know. The author of this book, maybe God, tells us, hey, you're made out of love and being and sugar, spice, everything nice, happiness, except you guys made out of puppy dog tails or something. I don't know how a saying goes, but you're made of the same things, I'm sure. But we're not made of fear. And I feel like our number one greatest weakness as humans, it's a tie for first place. It's either greed or fear of the unknown. And you see a lot of this in modern society right now. Um, with all this stuff going on, I'm not going to beat around the bush, transgender, sexuality, see all these people, and they all have different views. It's black, white, some area in the gray. It's like we're all afraid of something we don't know. And I, I don't know. I think, personally, I'm, I think we're all people. I don't understand the discrimination or the hate between ethnicity, sexuality, gender, otherwise. Now, if you pull the milk in before the cereal, I understand that. It's a terrible thing. It's a sin. And you can argue with me on that. Anyways, we're all people. We all make mistakes. And I feel like God is telling us here that we should love each other, no matter what. Disabilities, mental illness, sexuality, race, whatnot. We're all people. We're all children of God. We were all made on the same earth. We didn't just come. We're not aliens to each other. But we literally, it's evidence here in this church. Look at all this. Someone, a group of people came up. It's like, okay, we're going to build a church. We're going to put all these pews together. We're going to make a balcony. And maybe we'll mess up a few times. That's okay. We're still standing here today, and this church is amazing, and I love it. And I know all the nooks and hidey ways. I've explored this church in my days of sermon ditching. But <laughs> no offense, pastors. But God, the church is a home to everyone. Someone built this place in the... Okay. Um, someone built this place in thinking, okay, this is God's place. This altar is not God's, but ours. It's also God's. Everything is God's. God made this. But God made this as a home. Think of it, think of it as your house. It's like someone built your house, right? Someone made your house. Someone decided to put the time and effort into making a house for someone to live in. The church is that for uh, roughly 50 people maybe 100, but we're all here, we're all standing here together, no matter race, age, like their youngest kid I know up there is Nick, maybe, seventh grader, but 
and then you have the little kids up there. They're having fun in kids' worship. And then you have older people. I, I don't know who's the oldest, and I don't want to know. But we're all standing here together. We're all standing as humans. And we're all standing here in our worship together as God. God tells us in 2 Timothy, we're made to love each other. We're not made to hate each other. And I think that's great. Did you know I did a little bit of statistical research? Am I going too long? I don't know. In the 1980s, the worst day and age of any nation, I hated it. But that, that's not me. My mom's going to kill me. But she loves the 80s. But did you know, did you know, suicide rates, teen pregnancy, all the drug happenings, you know, all that bad stuff we don't want to get into in church, but I'm getting into because I don't care. But those in the 1980s, those were all higher than when we are today. Some of us like to think, I think most of us, especially people up here, teenagers are pessimistic. All of us are. It's like someone's like, oh, that one's optimistic. No, they're not. They're faking it. All of us are pessimistic, and we're all thinking, okay, um, something, ba something bad happened. It's the end of the world. I got a C on my test. Um, it's like my dog decided to crap on the living room floor. It's terrible, and everything is terrible, and this is the worst day of my life. We're literally living in the greatest age of technology the world has ever seen. Suicide is going on, steady decline, teen pregnancy, medical, medical stuff. We're standing in one of the greatest ages of the United States. I think that's beautiful. I hope God thinks it's beautiful too. I don't know what God thinks. I don't think anyone does. I don't, we don't know if, what God cares about, except we know one thing. If God was literally, if God, if God was ready to, I got a text. If God was ready to give his son for us on the cross, to make sure none of us would have to experience the pain and suffering he did. I think God cares about us. And so I hope, and I hope God knows, I hope we all know that we, our stories are all a book. And in this book, our, in our lives, our book never ends. We don't have an acknowledgement section. We don't have the meet the author. Our book, it never ends. It just has a new chapter. It never has a the end or to be continued. It just has chapter end, chapter begin. Personally, those are the most annoying books to read, but they also make some of the best. And that ends my TED Talk, everyone. Thank you for listening. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. I have included Psalm 46 verses 1 through 3 is my scripture reading for today's sermon. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. So today I get to stand here and give a sermon to this great congregation that I've known and grown up with for all 18 years of my life. And there's not another group that I would rather speak to, so I'm incredibly honored that I get to use today to speak to all of you on my personal accounts. Uh, I really have had a hard time finding out what my heart has led me to speak to you about today. 
uh, a lot has happened in these 18 years, and I'm quite sure I could give you a sermon on every year and all of the life lessons I've learned from them. Uh, but today, I'm not here to speak to you about just mission work. I'm not here to talk about what I just did two weeks ago with this youth group. Uh, I'm here to talk to you about more than just the trip. I'm here to talk about the future of my faith as I embark on probably one of the most exciting yet scariest adventures. And I want to take this time I've been given to truly thank these uh, people here in this congregation for these 18 meaningful years. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Marcus Pena, and I'm a recent graduate of Decatur High School. Uh, next month, I'll be moving to College Station, where I'll be attending uh, Texas A&M University. Uh, a year ago, I would have told you I plan on attending another land-grant institution in Texas that has a Longhorn as its mascot, but that's in the past. Uh, <laughs> I mention this though because uh, I know that my faith is the reason why I decided to settle with A&M. Uh, I call it, well not settle, I, I chose A&M. I shouldn't say settle, it's, that has a negative connotation to it. <laughs> um, I call this decision has to be incredibly meticulous and it's, it has to be analyzed. It takes a lot of time to figure out where you want to go and um, it's, it's a school that I want to be stuck with for four years that I want to enjoy every minute with. And um, it's college is something I've prayed about a lot. And it's something I'm continuing to pray about, and I haven't even moved in yet. <laughs> um, but the reason why I felt AM was my school was just because I felt God was telling me that's where I fit best, and that's where I'd be the happiest. Um, it was something I definitely had to pray about, though. It was something I had to evaluate. And I'm not just praying about passing classes or meeting friends more than anything. I'm praying for the things that I'm leaving here as I start this new phase. I've prayed that my family stays healthy. I've prayed about my friends who are going to different institutions, and I've prayed about my faith. And while I do believe that my faith will remain strong in college, uh, it's something that can either appreciate or depreciate in a college student's life. Um, my faith is what influenced most for me. I'm sorry, my faith is what fluctuated most for me these past five years, but it did influence me too. And in all honesty, in all honesty it still goes a little bit crazy. I think there's no such thing as an easy life, and whoever has an easy life, I'd really like to know their tips, but um, I think we all you know, go through hardships at some point in our life, and, but our faith is what keeps us intact. Uh, the more faith we lose, the harder life gets, but the stronger we grow in faith, we lead to stronger relationships, and I know this because of the significant life changes I endured five years ago uh, when my dad decided to walk out on our family, and um, this has always been such a hard topic for me. I always grew up in a great relationship with my father, but something changed. I'm still yet to figure out what that change was, and I, don't, I can't guarantee that I'll ever find that out. But um, I bring this up because without the congregation here today, I don't believe that me, my mom, or my sister would have survived this insanely difficult time. Without this congregation, I would have lost all my faith. Without this congregation, I would not have the confidence that I have today. And every member of this church is responsible for my success and for my determination to seek out the positives, to look at the glass half full and not half empty. Uh, I can't even begin to describe the amounts of incredible conversations I've had with this congregation. Uh, I've learned so much about all of you in this church and this great town that I live in. Um, during this mission trip, I exchanged many conversations between Pat and Curry Murphy, uh, as well as Cheryl Renfro. And uh, time flew when I visited with these people because I was learning so much about them and their love for God, connections with A&M even, and I was learning about 
Cheryl's love for Carlos Santana. That was really fun. <laughs> we talked a lot about music. Uh, I even had some great conversations with our Czech team, who I wish could be here today. Uh, but get this, especially about Chuck Norris. These kids love Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> that's from the Czech Republic, and that's my shared connection with them, was my love for Walker, Texas Ranger. I thought that was pretty fun. Uh, was, it was actually a really special connection, though. I, uh, it, it, it was really meaningful to me just knowing that, you know, they're on the other side of the world and they're watching the same show as me like, growing up with. But um, every conversation meant so much to me because I was able to just take a few minutes and visit and learn about the great people within this church. Uh, and I hate that it took me 18 years to truly appreciate that. But knowing that this church will always be home has made me keep in mind that there are always more stories to share. There are always more hugs to exchange. There will always be someone to visit with. And I'm thankful for Curry Murphy on this trip especially because she talked about the topic of always having a church family uh, during one of our devotionals. And that's something all of us should keep in mind. Uh, that being said, I know my faith will only grow these four years because my church foundation and faith in God these past 18 years have always led me to great things. And I know I mentioned that my faith tends to just adjust constantly, but I know that my faith will thrive and prosper because of the strong people who've raised me in this incredible church. I've learned from this trip that we took two weeks ago to be truly thankful for who and what you have in your life. I've learned that whenever it's possible in any way, thank those around you. Do, uh, give them a hug, share a laugh with them, do whatever necessary to make an impact on those around you. And I'm confident that this is a shared mentality across this whole congregation. This part goes out to the youth here today. Take advantage of your church by exchanging conversations with this congregation. Attend as many gatherings as possible. Make this church your second family. And I can't even begin to describe how much these relationships will change your life and how much these people will mean to you. Your church family will always be there for you. And to the adults here too, I hope that you choose every once in a while to partake in volunteering with youth activities because I did learn quite a bit from these kids within this past week, and I know I'll continue to see them grow as I come back to plan and visit and, you know, help with youth in the future uh, anywhere. Psalm 46 does state that God is our refuge, which is something I agree wholeheartedly with. There's no other being that will allow us to prevail more than our Lord, but our knowledge of Christ and our connections to him wouldn't be possible without the church. And so I can't thank this congregation enough for the 18 years of love and support toward me. And I'm so blessed that I have this place to come home to as I plan to make many more visits here. Uh, thank you all so much for showing true love and living lives of true Christians. Amen. Amen. Amen.